All right, well, with that, we're going to go ahead and dive into our final exhortation on our tithe commitment month, and which just simply means, if you're joining in on the tail end of this, just I take January and just reteach and reemphasize and dig into the Word of God myself on the topic of a giving lifestyle, the topic of tithes and seed. And this year, we really just been going on a just a, an overall theme. If we just did a quick review, an overall theme of how God is the provider of all things. Can somebody say amen? amen. We looked at the Shunammite woman and her proactively providing for the move of God, the man of God, and how that resulted in just a whole array of miracles being activated in her life. We looked at from a New Testament perspective, we just went ahead and stepped out there on that limb from a New Testament perspective and talked about how though Jesus has fulfilled all things and the tithe is still in place and still in action today, that from a New Testament perspective, it's really the emphasis has been shifted slightly to this idea of a lifestyle of giving. It's just this continual lifestyle of sowing, lifestyle of giving. And last week, we went over and talked about how you can never out-generous. I actually didn't say it like that, but I'll say it like that this week. You can never out-generous the Lord. You know, we always say you can never out-give the Lord, but you can never out-generous the Lord. And I share just briefly on me and Christina's testimony, just as the tithe is, has just for 20 plus years just been our baseline for starting in our giving lifestyle and our giving throughout every month and year of our life. And you can never error, or if you error, error on the side of generosity. Today we're going to ask two real, very real questions as we kind of bring this month's teaching to a conclusion today. But the very first very real question is, well, why does God need our tithe anyway? I mean, we talked about how he's the provider of all things, and then we're going to read Psalms and Chronicles here in a moment. But the second question that sometimes is pondering in our thoughts and in our heart is, if I give it, will I still have enough? That's a very real question, and it's even a fear sometimes in our lives. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, <clears throat> the world and those who dwell therein. And then First Chronicles chapter 29 verses 12 through 14 strap in, awesome passage where it says, Both riches and honor come from you. Two people, amen that. No, it's not required. It's not a requirement. Just giving you a chance. It's not a requirement to say amen. It always helps a little bit, but never, never required. Both, I'm going to try it again anyway. Both riches and honor come from you. All right, that's a little better. We do believe in talking in church. Y'all should love that. I mean, you can talk in church. I mean, don't have a full-on conversation with your neighbor. 
half. Have a half on conversation. And as long as here's the key when you're talking with your neighbor is that you have to look back at the pastor every now and then and do this. <laughs> so that you make the pastor think that you're actually just talking through the word. You know, you're just working through it like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes like, what in the world is he talking about up there? Did he really just say that? Amen, Pastor. Really? Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. <clears throat> That's not clearing my throat to make you respond. That's really just clearing my throat. And in your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 13. And now we thank you, O God, and we praise your glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to do this and offer so willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given to you. In other words, every gift that we ever give, every act of generosity that we ever sow, that ever flows from our life has first come from the hand of your Father into your life and the hand of your heavenly Father, just to be clear. So again, with those two passages, that might actually personify and maybe even make the question stand out a little bit more. Well, since God owns all things, why do we need to come and bring our tithe or bring our gifts unto him? And the short answer is this. God does not need us to bring anything to him. God does not look for us or to us to provide for his creation. That's the short answer. God, we sometimes, and we need to be careful here as to, and us preachers need to be careful too. I'll put myself on the, on the hot seat because of course we want to encourage the people of God, especially if we really believe it and not just for the sake of a offering, but we want to be mindful not to accidentally create in our minds, a type of needy God by rip, 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 misrepresenting the purpose of our opportunity to give. Somehow creating this God who, who, is, who is dependent upon us. We're obviously dependent upon him, and God is not depending upon us. For anything, the work of God would continue on if any one of you, any one of us in this place decides, as you have the ability to do, to not tithe, to not give, to not be generous or even give in general. The work of God continues on, just like the gospel of Christ continues on if you decide not to preach it, to share it, or to ever testify of it to anybody in your life. The reality is this, is that if it's the privilege of the people of God 
to participate in the work of the kingdom of God. It's our privilege to be able to share Christ with someone. If we were to get off the, the, the peer pressure, and, you know, we, we have a way of putting peer pressure even on people in the house of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, we can, we can peer pressure with the best of them. Oh, did you preach to them? Did you share? Did you do it? Did you win them to the Lord? If we would get the peer pressure aspect off of it and just realize that it's not about peer pressure, it's about privilege. It's about privilege. It's about having the opportunity to share forth the gospel. It's about having the opportunity to bring and to sow a seed, to return the tithe, to live a generous, giving lifestyle. If you don't, God always raises up somebody who will. If we pass up an opportunity, and you know this, and you said, you've probably said this to yourself, many of us, multiple times. Oh, man, I, I missed that opportunity. But somewhere deep in your heart, you also know, maybe not so deep in your heart, maybe right on the surface, you know that, man, I missed that opportunity, and now God's going to give it to somebody else. I didn't obey the Lord. Now, now somebody else is going to. So each one of us have this privilege it's not, that, it's not a, that God needs anything from our hands because he is the one that provides all things from his hands. So tithing and sowing and giving, and we're being very broad in this area this month, it's for you, not for God, in the survivability of his work. Giving is our only line of defense against greed, selfishness, self-centered living, and the like. It's, it's our only line of defense. You can talk about it all day long, but until you act on it, until you take that step forward to, to, to make yourself small, it's our only line of defense, and the Lord has given it and placed it in our hands. And then the final question is, so will I have enough afterwards? Man, if we could break people out of this area of fear, out of this area of, of confusion, out of this area of, of just insecurity, will if I, if I really start to really start to bring unto the Lord, if I really start to be a generous person in general in life, will I actually have enough? Answer, answer the question. Everybody can answer it. See, I'm just going to. All right, worship team, you can go ahead and come. We know the answer. We know where we're going with this. But why? What does the word says? It says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Amen. It says, give, and it will be given to you. It says, God gives seed to the sower. It says, I've been young and am now old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. Amen. You will have 
enough. It's one of the biggest roadblocks to stepping into a generous lifestyle of giving, getting over that roadblock of knowing that the, that the coffer's never going to, it's not going to be empty, the, the vessel's not going to run dry, that the Lord is going to pour out, the rock is going to keep on gushing forth its water. But we each individually, we have to do what is in our heart to do. We've got, you've got to do what's in your heart to do. For from the heart flows the wellsprings of life, and where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. But to do what is in your heart, you have to pour forth faith. You have to pour forth generosity into your heart. You got to pour these, these, the word of God into your heart. You got to pour what, what God has spoken to you. You have to believe it in your heart. And then from your heart will flow. Faith and generosity will begin to flow out. But you can't do it. You can't do it just because I'm up here exhorting you and encouraging you to do it. You can't. You cannot live your giving life that way. Children, if they were in this, the, the young people in this place, they can't just do it because mom or dad is on them. Well, you better, you better bring your tithe. We can teach them. We can teach them. I've been teaching my kids from the moment they can, they can understand, but I never go check their bank account. I never go look at their, at their bank statements. They might get a text message from me every, every six months. Hey, kids, remember, honor the Lord with his tithe. Remember, be generous, but I'm not going to follow him up and say, show me the money. I want to see the money. I want to see you make that text message right now. You can go ask my kids. They've never, that's never happened. They're laughing. Has it ever happened? Okay, just making sure. I'm like, oh, man, I'm nervous. She's, when she laughs like that, I got to go check myself. I'm like, I'm good? Am I, am I, I'm in the clear? Kids, am I in the Two of my kids, am I in the clear? Okay. Whew. They're like, move on, Dad. Get, get on with it. But you got to do what's in your heart. And so here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end today with, I'm going to give you the secret sauce. I mean, we've been giving it week after week, but I'm just going to break it down into seven things without explaining or giving any commentary on each one of these things. But this is, when I say the secret sauce, I'm just talking about myself. My secret sauce that has, that has proven to bring provision, protection, blessing into my life, into my family's life over the years of walking with the Lord. Number one, obey the Lord. Number two, live right. Number three, follow your calling. You could actually slash that, your passion from the Lord. Number four, work hard. Number five, give generously. Number six, live below your means all the days of your life. And then number seven is just keep saving for a long time. And he who gathers little by little in Proverbs, it says, makes it grow. This is for the sake of just calling it a secret sauce. This is a recipe for the people of God that will work over the course 
of a lifetime. It's not a put a quarter in a machine type of philosophy. Over a lifetime, this, well, we got seven. Go back, listen to the, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Obey the Lord, live right, follow your calling, work hard, give generously, live below your means, and save for a lifetime. And the commitment to be a tither, the commitment to be a generous giver is a commitment between you and the Lord. It's worth noting, I say it every year, you'll never get a follow-up call from this place. There's places that I understand, I think, do it. I'm not sure, actually. But there's, there's never a follow-up. There's never a call. You'll never hear in your entire lifetime a call that says, I haven't seen your tithe come through. I've been told that. Haven't seen, oh, how you doing? Haven't seen your tithe come through in a while. You, that, that's, that's between you and Jesus. Look at the person next to you and say, you and Jesus. Now I want you to stop for a second. You're like, Pastor, you done yet? Please be done yet. You know how uncomfortable you are like in that seat when on this time. Many of you are like, you're still getting used to this like honest teaching and, you know, transparent sort of. You're still kind of getting used to it. You're kind of twitching around in your seat a little bit. Pastor, are you done yet? I just want you to think about something for a second. Just how, how like, uncomfortable you get sometimes out there on these talks. Imagine what it feels like to be on this end. To have to continue bring this because this, this is a source of blessing. I mean, it's a source of, it's part of the whole. It's not separated individually, but it's part of the whole walk that we're walking with Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, with that, that will just conclude our month of, of teaching on this topic. Of course, we teach throughout the year, but not every week on giving. There's, we, might go, we might go weeks and weeks without even reading a scripture on it and just providing the opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings into the house of the Lord. With that, worship team, please go ahead and come on up. And you can go ahead, just take a moment, and we'll pray together. And between you and Jesus... Just, just ask the Lord as to moving forward into the next 11 months of this year, how the Lord would have you to proceed in this area of tithes and seeds and generous lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, just pray with me right now. Before you do anything else, just, just take a moment, open your hearts. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for being the God who provides all things. Lord, your hand is not short. Lord, you never run out. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And Lord, the earth is yours and all who dwell therein. Lord, and we put our trust in you, Jesus. We're trusting you for our families, Lord. We're trusting you for this house. We're trusting to be able to hear your voice and to be able to trust in your strong right hand, Lord. And so, Lord, just as individuals, as members of this house, as families, Lord, just lead us and guide us. Give us a conviction, a conviction of our hearts as to how we are to commit, how we are to move forward this year. And, Lord, we just thank you for just more than enough in every family and more than enough in this house of God. And we give you all the glory and all the honor in the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said...